This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Geno Smith will drop deep. He'll pump. He'll take it. Lost the football. Knocked out by one. Recovered by Devin Bush, who circles the right way. He almost lost the ball, but he's got it at the 16. And the Smith fumble forced by the defensive star, T.J. Watt. Boswell from 37 for the win. And the Pittsburgh Steelers win in overtime. Welcome back. Beck UL Daily presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth here on a Monday morning reacting to week six in the NFL. And joining us to do that right now, it's our Odyssey NFL insider, Mike Lombardi. He is on the Roman guest line. You can also hear Michael on his GM shuffle, the, his weekly podcast, available on the Odyssey app. Mike, good morning. And uh, a lot of blowouts yesterday, but one of the close games in New England. Dallas wins in overtime on the CD Lamb touchdown. Um, as we watch the, the Cowboys now, five wins in a row, Diggs making plays on defense. Mike, I know the top of the NFC is crowded, but are, are you looking at Dallas more and more as a team that has legitimate you know, hopes and aspirations and, and a chance to get to the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, you know, just the way they play offensively. And you've got to give Dan Quinn credit. I mean, he changed what he did defensively. And they've been able to turn the ball over. Uh, Randy Gregory is playing well. You know, Demarcus Lawrence isn't even in the game for him. He's one of their best defensive players. So, you know, they're hard to play. I mean, you know, they can run the football effectively. They didn't run it uh, as often. You know, yesterday they had 31 rushes, but uh, they didn't make any explosive plays in the run game. But the passing game is so dynamic. And the way that Dak is throwing the football, the way he protects the ball, they're a challenge. I mean, you know, they're going to be hard for anybody to beat. They're, I mean, look, the Chiefs get a ton of publicity for being great offensively, but the, the Cowboys are right up there with them in terms of their skill level. Michael, impressive stuff from the Raiders yesterday. Have the dud last week at home against the Bears. Now they go on the road, tough place to play, mile high uh, in the division, and just impressive from the start. I was curious how they were going to react to everything that went on with Gruden last week and and dealing with the assistant coaches that John Gruden brought in. What do you think about uh, Las Vegas? Well, I thought it was impressive, you know. I mean, they finally gave Kenyon Drake the ball. I mean, at least he had four carries yesterday. With Gruden, he was almost a witness protection program. He didn't really play. He had two catches. You know, they got him involved. They had a touchdown. So, you know, I mean, he was the difference in that game. He gives them some juice in terms of, especially with Jacob's injury. But I think kind of, I think the players responded. Look, you know, I don't know what they feel about Gruden or what they felt. But clearly the week before when all the stuff was going down, they played one of their worst games of the season. And then they come back and play one of their best games of the year. I mean, they only had the ball for 25 minutes, yet they were able to amass 426 yards. Two weeks in a row, the Broncos have played very little of defense. You know, for as good as they are defensively and what they're supposed to be, they couldn't stop it. They couldn't, they couldn't stop Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh, and they couldn't stop Las Vegas at home. 
I heard you giving some tremendous insight, you know, into John Gruden on your podcast. And I'm curious, do you think maybe the players are relieved a little bit that he's gone? I think so. I think there's a, I think the organization may be believed. Look, I was with Gruden two places. I was with him at Philadelphia and I was with him at Oakland. And, and he is a very, very difficult guy in terms of the negativity. And it's very challenging. He's not really, he's never been a head coach. He's always just been the offensive coordinator. And, you know, when he has control over the whole organization, I think there was a clearly there was a uh, almost a sense of relief. I think people actually can start doing their jobs and feel better about themselves. I know I'm sure Mike Mayock feels that way. Uh, so, you know, the players, the way they responded in a tough environment in Denver to go out there and dominate Denver the way they did, it tells you a lot which is that what they thought about. Mike, Arizona yesterday, uh, without their head coach, without their play caller, without a, a slew of assistants and some players, they go into Cleveland. Cleveland was banged up, but um, how impressed were you yesterday with what the Cardinals did, Kyler Murray, and to get the 6-0 and with a, a road game that was really never in doubt? Well, I mean, they dominated the game from start to finish. And look, the Cardinals, didn't, they didn't have Chandler Jones in the game. They didn't have Rodney, uh, their starting center in the game, you know, and so – they were able to, to dominate that game from the beginning. And, and I think it's a really, a, it tells you all you need to know about the Browns. The Browns are very good when they can play from in front. When the Browns have to play from behind and it becomes a drop back pass game, it becomes a real problem. And they didn't have two other starting tackles in the game, which was one of the reasons why Baker got sacked five times. But look, you know, Baker didn't protect that interception. He threw at the Senate start of the second. It was one of the worst interceptions I've ever, I don't know who he's throwing it to. You know, and Baker's hurt. He's got the torn labrum. He's trying to fight through it. As good as he were, was the last week in Los Angeles, when the game was on the line, they had to go two minutes to go down the field. He couldn't make a play. And when they're behind 14 and up and in this game, he's struggling to make pass plays. So, you know, Kareem Hunt was supposed to carry the burden. You know, he averaged 4-7 a carry, but when they get behind, they can't run the ball. And it takes away all the effectiveness that they have within their offense. So, it was a real problem, and I think there's a style that Cleveland has to play. They couldn't play it the other day, and Arizona, take their hat off to them. They were really good. I didn't even think Murray was 100% healthy. I think his shoulder still bothers them, but they controlled the line of scrimmage. I mean, they, ran, they had 37 rushing attempts for 144 yards in the game. I mean, they dominated. Uh, Michael, Dan Campbell at the podium after the game, very careful when he decided to call out his quarterback, but he was very careful with his words. Uh, what, what do you think are, are – some of the things that he was weighing in that moment? I think he was probably saying, now I know why the Rams got rid of Jared Goff. I mean, I think he kind of <laughs> feel like it. You know, I think that's, that's probably what he wanted to say. You know, I mean, like, I, I've been saying this for four years. I get I get all the, the pundits from the worldwide leader tell me I was wrong on Jared Goff three years ago. Jared Goff has never been anything, you know, when the protection's great and the game's going easy, he'll make all the throws if it's in a play-action pass game. If it's a drop-back pass game, it's not going to happen. He wants to get the ball out of his hands too quickly. He doesn't play with a lot of great intensity in terms of toughness. I think it's real, you know, to me, when they took him on in that contract, you know, and partly because their former, their, their new general manager would draft them at the Rams. I mean, they obviously don't know what they were getting. And I think Dan Campbell yesterday stopped sure saying, now I know what we've gotten. And I think it's a real issue that the Lions need a quarterback. I mean, just because you have golf on the team doesn't mean you have your quarterback problem. He could play well at moments, but look, you go back to the Super Bowl that they lost to the Patriots. If he holds that ball for one tenth of a second longer, the one that Steve, Stephon Gilmore intercepts in the end zone, it's going to be a touchdown to Cooks. He threw the ball early, and it got picked off. 
The Ravens had a very impressive win yesterday, and I didn't see this coming. The Bengals are also playing very well. The two teams, uh, this is setting up a really exciting matchup, division matchup. What are your thoughts on this game, Bengals-Ravens? Well, I mean, look, I think think the the Ravens played really – as bad as they played against the Colts the week before, they played so well against the the Chargers. They they, they eliminated the -the down-the-field throws. I mean, two weeks ago in Los Angeles, the Chargers had the ball 23 minutes against the Cleveland Browns and had almost 500 yards of offense. They made big plays down the field, and Herbert was sensational. In this game, they couldn't do that, and I think hats off to Don Martindale and the coaching staff of Baltimore for what they were able to accomplish. So, you know, I mean, and and I did not think that they played as well as they're capable of playing offensively, Baltimore. This will be a good challenge for them, Cleveland, with the Bengals coming in. You know, they, they can they, they can put some pressure on Joe Burrow, take advantage, I think, of one of the weaknesses in the Cincinnati team is their offensive line. They're going to have a hard time blocking them, and they're going to have to handle the pressure, and they're going to have to take away the receivers, and I think that the, the Ravens will do that. This will be a huge step up for, for the, the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, they've amassed, they've gotten some wins here going into the early part of the season. They've beaten Jacksonville. They've beaten, Cincinnati, they've beaten Detroit, you know, and, and they've been able to do that. The good win against Minnesota in overtime, but I think this will be the real test on where we see the Bengals this year. Mike, is it time we start looking at Miami as, as truly one of the worst teams in the NFL? Second worst point differential. They lose yesterday to Jacksonville. I know that rebuild, a lot of people are high on it, but boy, it's gone the wrong way. And their first round pick doesn't even belong to them next year. They traded it to move up for Waddle, so it belongs to Philadelphia. Uh, what's your thought on how bad things have gotten in Miami? Well, I mean, look, the, the yesterday they had two of their starting corners are out of the game. They couldn't really pressure Trevor Lawrence. I thought he was really good in the game. And I think if Urban would have taken the points early in the in the third, in late in the, in the fourth quarter, they wouldn't have had it. They would have had to make that last second kick. Uh, you know, the offensive line—that's the one area I think you have to really take a look at for Miami and part of this rebuild. They have been able to fix their offensive line, and defensively, they can't rush the passer, so it's a real issue. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing going forward. Are they the worst team in the league? I don't know if they're the worst team in the league. You know, two and throws for 329, but mostly all, and he doesn't get sacked in the game because they basically went back to their rhythm passing game and they threw the ball quickly. But they had no running game in the game because they've got no power in their offensive line. It's going to be a hard year for Miami. It's really going to be a challenging year. And without that draft pick, it's going to make them look awfully foolish. Uh, With Michael Lombardi, this is BetQL Daily. Michael, uh, Kansas City, Big over Washington, 31-13. to 13. But if you're watching that game, it felt a little dicey if you had the Chiefs and you were laying that six and a half. Like It was going to be tough for them to cover. But in the end, uh, they end up doing so because uh, the football team's offense just isn't good enough. Uh, and it was close because of the, all the turnovers. Mahomes with nine turnovers in the first six games. What's happening with the, with the Chiefs? You know, I, I think the Chiefs, when you break their team down, I think the, the most valuable player on their team is Tyreek Hill. When he's not on the field, they're not the same team offensively. And when he came back in that second half against the Washington football team, it made all the difference in the world. And they were able to – it made Mahomes – not that Mahomes isn't a great player. Mahomes is fabulous. But they haven't done a good job of protecting the football. You know, Mahomes fumbles. You know, Hardiman fumbles and loses it. You know, they, they, so they've been able to – then they throw interceptions – it's just the, the margin for error just happens. And, I mean, Washington's sitting there with a 13-10 to, 13 to 10 lead at the halftime and don't score another point in the second half. 
you know, so much for Washington being the greatest team in the history of defensive football. That's what everybody <laughs> talked about all offseason. They gave up another 500 yards yesterday. I mean, seriously, they're, they're lucky Dan Snyder's not around. I mean, if Dan Snyder was still in control of the Washington football team, do you think, do you think there's people would still have jobs there? Probably not. I covered that team for a while. Just consistently disappointing. Uh, let's take a look at the Cardinals, the only undefeated team. They're now 6-0. Got to give them credit. They had some injuries, no head coach, no play caller. They get another victory. How do you rank this Arizona Cardinals team? Well, look, they've gone on the road. They've won in Tennessee, right? And so they go there. They win in Tennessee. They come back. They beat a tough team. You know, they go down and win in Jacksonville. Okay, they struggled to win that game, but they win 31-19. You know, and then they go into Cleveland. Cleveland is, you know, coming off of a, of a tough loss that Kevin Stefanski's never lost two in a row. You know, that like you mentioned, they didn't have their head coach, didn't have their play caller, and yet they were able to win the game. So, I mean, they've done a great job. And Murray's – I don't think even Murray's healthy. I think he struggled – to throw the ball with the same velocity. They handled the win, uh, certainly the elements in Cleveland. And, uh, you know, they're impressive. I mean, they beat San Francisco. You know, they're just just knocking people off. They're going to be hard to play because when he's back there and he's moving around, if you don't rush him the right way and he starts running around and makes plays, you know, like he did in the past, those third and 18s become first down. So, look, your hat's off to him. And yesterday they ran the football effectively without him being the main runner. I mean, he only had seven carries, and he only had six yards in the game. That's typically not what he does. That tells you he wasn't 100% healthy. He wasn't taking off and running. But the other backs, you know, they, they, had 30, they had 30 carries for basically 138 yards of the game. I mean, they ran the ball right down to Cleveland's, Cleveland's throat. Mike, uh, the Rams yesterday in New York against the Giants. The game was not competitive. I know Daniel Jones played. They weren't sure if he was going to play until late in the week. When you look at the Giants right now, um, is it time to, for them to just think about cleaning the whole thing out with, with Gettleman, with the head coach, the quarterback? It just feels like it's year after year where the Giants have been a really bad football team. I mean, other than one winning season, it's, it's been a decade of bad football in New York. No, it's been a horrible decade of football. But, you know, you can, you know, look, the, the president of the team, John, John Mara, I mean, this is it's on his watch. I mean, this is really what and I've written this and I've written this in the Daily Coach. I've written this. Before, I mean, they don't they they don't like to change. I mean, they don't like to change. I mean, you go back to 2016, you know, when McAdoo was his first year as the head coach. Since really, since since they went on Love Boat, since Odell organized the Love Boat trip. I mean, they haven't won more than six games in any season. They won three, five, four, six, and then they've won one. I mean, they've won basically 18 games over the last five years. That's not a pattern of just having bad coaches, that's a pattern of having an organizational in dysfunction. And, and they don't want to admit that. They don't want to admit that. But if you look after before that wild card, they had two 6-10 seasons and a 7-9. and nine. I mean, the last 10 years of the Giants, other than their 11th Super Bowl that they won, have not been good. And, you know, you have to take a look at the organization. I think the best thing they could do is, is, is they should see about – how how they can change what they do. I think we see it a lot in this country. When, when family-run businesses get to the third generation, it becomes a problem because you've hired too many of the family members to run the team, and they don't have the expertise to really run it. And I think that's what's going on in, in New York. Michael, on the way out, uh, we have about 30 seconds. Anything on Bill's Titans for tonight? You know, I, I, everybody's all over the Bills, which makes me want to take the Titans. The Titans, look, they're bigger than the Bills up front. They, they can't get this into a drop-back pass game. 
they've got to rely on Derrick Henry to run the football effectively and eat clock and really let them just have the Bills offense about 20, 30 minutes on the field and have a chance to win it in the fourth quarter. That was Odyssey NFL insider Mike Lombardi. Michael, thank you. You're on, he was on the Roman guest line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash We'll dive into Monday Night Football next. The Bills at the Titans. It's been a great week for favorites. We'll continue on Monday Night Football. We'll give our thoughts on the game and uh, how it's going to play out in Tennessee tonight. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth. We'll dive into Monday Night Football next right here on the BetQL Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily. Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.